0: Welcome to The Snooze Button. Hey, I'm Brittany of Brittany She and Sleep. I've got 99 problems, but my kid sleeping isn't one. Hi, guys. Welcome to another episode of The Snooze Button. I have a very exciting guest with me today. This is going to be relevant to probably 100% of everyone listening. Um, so Katie, thank you so much for being here. Katie is a doctor of physical therapy and she's the owner of Beach Mama Wellness, which I had... Katie, you should know. I had... Mm-hmm. Before you even reached out to me and we started chatting, I had... A number of people be like, Have you heard of Beach Mama Wellness? You need to meet her. She's great. Like, she does. This is going to be so relevant to your. Have her on the podcast. So, a lot of people, a lot of people are interested. So, Beach Mama Wellness is a women's health therapy clinic with a focus on pelvic floor, prenatal, and postpartum care. And, Katie, you're also the co founder of her integrated wellness, a women's wellness center here in LA, Redonda Beach.
1: Yeah. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited.
0: I'm so excited to have you. Um, So, I guess. Well, first of all, congratulations. You guys know when Katie got on, I was like, "I'm sorry, just to be." She's wearing like an adorable button down, and like has it looks like you have a blowout, and I was like, "Don't you have like a five day old baby?" And you were like, "He's seven days."
1: So, (laughs) so I've really (laughs) got my stuff together. Uh, Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Well, I wasn't sure if I needed to put on a professional top. I'm wearing jammies on the bottom, so.
0: (laughs) Oh, good. I'm wearing a sweatshirt. I'm in just full, (laughs) not cute clothes, but. (laughs) <laughs> with all of these i never have them i was telling her i never do video because i don't want anyone to have to more it's more for me than for you 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 guys all my guests always look nice it's me that i'm worried about but oh, yeah um, you, look you look
1: great i mean you're in vacation it's, mode also
0: so exactly vacation mode um yeah. just like having a newborn total vacation yeah. <laughs> um, so okay so this is the baby you just has your third right this is my third boy third boy you are official boy, boy mom start and your own really team.
1: like a hardcore boy mom yeah so I love it. yeah girls are just not in our plan apparently
0: yeah apparently not maybe you'll have a surprise fourth and it'll be a girl
1: people keep asking me if I'm gonna try for a girl and I just I tell them that we would have a fourth boy and I have enough <laughs> penises in my house I don't need any anymore <laughs> I totally
0: get that as somebody with several in my own house I totally get yeah. it um, so okay so tell us a little bit more about your background, like how you went from, you know, a student to being a doctor of physical therapy and how that, how you sort of got this focus in pelvic floor and prenatal and postpartum. Yeah.
1: So I went to PT school a long, long time ago. um, And I remember in school back then, this is like 13 years ago, pelvic floor wasn't really like taught. Um, we had yeah. like maybe one guest lecture and I remember there was one girl in our class that really wanted to go into pelvic floor and we all thought she was like a freak. Like, why would anyone <laughs> want to do that? Uh, and of course I'm like in my young twenties too. And I, you know, don't know anything about like sex or vaginas or anything really. And, um, so I graduated school and went straight into orthopedics, um, yep. and I really loved that. And I did really well with that. Um, and I was back then I was a marathon runner and I ended up with my own hip injury. I had surgery on it. Nothing got better. I rehabbed it. It felt awful. And finally someone was like, one of my colleagues was like, why don't you try pelvic floor therapy? Um, hmm. and I tried it and I had one session and my squat. Uh, like my motion of a squat completely changed and it was pain-free and it was like amazing. And this is a point when I had never had children, you know, I mean, I was having sex, but I like the symptoms that I was having meant nothing to me because it's not something you talk about with your friends. You know, like if sex is painful, I don't know, that's just like normal in your early twenties, you know, everyone must feel that way. Um, So it was immediately a game changer for me um, so at this point I've had probably like six or seven years of orthopedics, um, as a background. And as soon as that happened, I realized, oh my God, I'm missing like this huge part of everyone's treatment because there were so many patients that I was getting with like chronic low back pain, chronic hip pain, um, tailbone pain that just never went away. And reflecting back, it was probably all related to pelvic floor, um, so I went into i I started working for a woman with a private practice um who was a pelvic floor therapist. She mentored me quite a bit. Um, and then I had my first baby. and of course, then you become more interested in like prenatal and postpartum um, yeah. So that's kind of when my focus shifted from treating like general pelvic floor to treating pregnant women and postpartum women. And I still see, women who have never had kids, women who are menopausal age, et cetera. But I really, truly enjoy like treating pregnancy and postpartum because it's such a time of need, you know, it makes public floor therapy makes a world of a difference during that time. Um, and it's, it's just very easy to see the like positive outcome. So I really enjoy that. And so now that's where my business is focused.
0: That's so cool. And it's, it's sort of like a shame because I was actually listening to a podcast recently where it was two women and one of them was talking about going to pelvic floor therapy. And the other one was like, what are you like a grandma who does that? And I was like, oh my God. It was like, right as when we were like booking you coming on. And I was like, it's crazy. And these were like educated women, like with kids. And I was like, it's crazy that people don't even know like what it is or like they, they don't understand like why you would use it when it seems to me based on the questions that came through when I posted on Instagram yesterday, like everyone needs it. (laughs) It's like, yeah, really important. Um, Yeah. I
1: mean, I talk to a ton of moms groups in the LA area and obviously my, I I see uh, have so many patients, but I would say the most common comment or statement that I get is why didn't my OB tell me about this? Why, how is it possible that like, my friends and I haven't talked about this, you know, how did I know that like painful intercourse was not normal. And it's just like something that is not talked about. And especially in like the older population, like my mom's age, her generation, like 60 year olds, when I see them, they are so uncomfortable around the topic and it takes a lot for them to come in and actually get treatment, you know? But I think with our generation, we just need to inform people about it, and everyone immediately gets it. They're like, "Oh my god, of course this is should be really? like a normal thing after you have a baby," you know? Totally.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like how we we've come so far with like endometriosis, andro- which I'm going to butcher that, you know? And it's not like the, yep. the things so many women experience are not normal. They can be fixed, and they used to just be like, "You're being dramatic." Uh-huh. Um, so sad. Um, so one thing that you had mentioned to me before was how important pelvic floor therapy can be when you, before you have a baby. So like what, what things for people who are listening, who maybe didn't get this treatment before they had kids, maybe they're expecting right now, like, what would they do? And what, how can that positively impact your birth outcomes if you're yeah. doing that stuff?
1: So, I I mean, I would love if every single birth worker sent me a pregnant woman, as soon as they were like out of their first trimester. Um, And really the goal like throughout pregnancy is maintenance. You know, I always tell women like your, our goal during pregnancy is for you to not decrease in strength, but to just maintain your strength and like mobility. Um, But as we become more and more pregnant, we get this like big load in front of our body. And that really changes the amount of work that our core and pelvic floor can and has to do. So for a lot of women, pelvic floor becomes very, very tight during pregnancy. And that's when we really start seeing those things like um, going to the bathroom all the time, waking up in the (laughs) middle of the night, seven times to go to the bathroom, believe it or not, those things are really not considered normal because you're pregnant, right? Same with like constipation that is, does not come along with pregnancy. That is a symptom of something else. Um, And, and When the nice thing about starting pelvic floor therapy at 12 weeks, and we don't check in weekly unless there's something specific to work on, we check in monthly, but is that we can start doing things to make sure you don't get that develop or that dysfunction. And if you do get the dysfunction, we like cut it off right away. And um, I think that is like one of the biggest misconceptions for women is that like these symptoms are normal because I'm having a baby or because I had a baby or because I'm going through menopause and none of them are normal. They may be common, but they're not normal. So really during pregnancy, we can build such a strong foundation. We can do a lot of core work to prevent that diastasis recti, that separation in the abdomen. Um, right. We can protect the pelvic floor, keep it really mobile. Um, we do a lot of birth preparation and, um, and so with that, it is like going over birthing positions that are right for your body, how to prevent tearing techniques um, to use during pushing. How can your partner support you? Um, how to take care of you postpartum because everyone yeah. is so focused on baby. Mm-hmm. And I, I think <laughs> for a lot of people, they think that having a healthy baby is a positive birth outcome. Um, but it's important how the mom feels too, you know, is that the birth experience you wanted? Right. Totally. Um, yeah. And, and how can we take care of you postpartum? Um, so really our goal throughout pregnancy is to set you up for success during delivery. And I I would say that I see so many moms, um, like after their first baby and then they get pregnant. And so they come back and see me again. And the difference they report from pregnancy to pregnancy, it's just a world of a difference. Um, and they have such a better pregnancy and a better birth outcome. Um, something they really, you know, a, an outcome that they really were hoping for.
0: That's great. And it's so interesting you say, you know, and I was thinking like, wow, like I had to pee every five minutes when I was pregnant and I, with all of my kids and I definitely thought it was just like, well, my organs are being squished. Like I, I just used what I determined to be logic as to why this yeah. was the case. And everyone talks about it. But I think it's such a good, like, mindset shift for all of us to have in general about anything mental or physical that, like, just because other people say they experience it too, or you feel like it's normal, like, it might, normal and okay are not the same thing, right? Or, like, the best yeah. It, like, yeah, it's normal to have to pee all the time. But to your point, like, I heard somewhere else recently, and this is totally unrelated, that, like, it's a symptom, it was Dr. Iman, do you know him on Instagram? Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah. 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 And he was talking about um, erectile dysfunction. And uh-huh. he was like, if you have erectile dysfunction, it's not like because you're old. It's like because something, there's something with your blood flow circulation that isn't working yes, and that's more exactly. common as you can, like you can fix it. And same thing here. It's like, yeah, it's normal, but like you could be doing all these things to make it better. And I think we just don't know that. A lot of people don't no. know. That.
1: I think, um, and honestly, I think so many OBs, I wish that they would educate there like moms and moms to be more you know yeah. i like if a woman comes to you and says i'm having all of this urinary incontinence i'm leaking pee all the time you know educate that that is not normal that should not be happening but i think that we're just told well you're pregnant you know it'll go away after you have the baby
0: right which is like not super helpful yeah and not trust me I, I think you and i Katie are in a very similar boat in that we Get patients who are in a really bad. I I don't call mine patients; they're my clients. But we get people that are in a really bad spot because their primary physician for me it's usually a pediatrician. For you, it's an OB. Mm -hmm. Is kind of like it is what it is. You know, you have to pee a lot. Your baby cries a lot. Like that's what life is. And they don't realize until you know much later that like things could have been so much better. So it's amazing.
1: I mean, it's almost like we were talking before we started recording, like having your third baby. Like you're just so much more like understanding of every, you know, you don't worry about it, mm-hmm. and you know what is like normal and not normal, and you're much more confident, and yeah,
0: yeah. And it, it's funny because I feel like the the older and more experienced with everything, I get, the more willing I am to lean on other experts. You know, it's like once I'm sure you feel the same way because when yeah. you are an expert in something kind of niche, it's like now if I don't understand something, I'm happy to outsource and be like, "Use to the expert in public floor, help me because I don't know what I'm doing." Um, yeah. So. Like, with that being said, what do you think are some of the, like, most common misconceptions about pelvic floor therapy um, or, like, the symptoms that people get most often that, like, they don't realize could be fixed?
1: Yeah. And um, so I think I- I'll start with, like, the most common, really, because everyone knows about, like, leakage. You know, if you're peeing your pants, that's probably a good reason to go to pelvic floor therapy, whether it's exercising, sneezing, picking your kid up. um, But I think to tag onto that, what a lot of us don't know is that if you go pee and you stand up from the toilet and a little more pee comes out, that Mm -hmm. is not normal. If you are walking to the toilet and you're like, oh my God, if I don't get there right now, I'm going to pee my pants. Or you're pulling down your pants and you start leaking a little bit. None of those things are normal. Um, Having to go all of the time, pregnancy or not pregnant, like is not normal. So... Um Using a gauge of every three to four hours to pee, and your stream should be at least seven Mississippis long.
0: Um, oh, okay, sounds like I need some severe pelvic floor therapy. Every four hours are you kidding?
1: Three to four so I, I mean it depends how hydrated minutes. you are, you know and I, and I, mean, I'm not I think the caveat with that though is that like if you went every two hours, but your stream was ten seconds long then that's fine. You're just really well hydrated. So use that stream. It needs to be at least seven seconds. If you have to go pee really, really badly and you're like, you sit down and you just dribble a little pee out, that is dysfunctional. That is not normal. Um, So your bladder was telling your brain like, hey, I got to pee and it wasn't actually full. Um, So that's a good gauge to kind of go by. Um, And then I think the other one, a lot of Postpartum women know about at least is prolapse. So, if you are feeling like that heaviness in your vagina or a feeling of like a bulging or something is going to fall out of you, maybe you actually like reach your hand down and you can feel like a little bulge out of your vagina. That is a sign of prolapse. Um, mm-hmm. It is not normal and it can absolutely be improved. Um, so, that's something to seek out very quickly. Um, and then But less commonly, I think one of the biggest, biggest ones for me and that I love impacting is constipation. Um, Most people don't know that constipation can really be a symptom of pelvic floor dysfunction. Um, Same with hemorrhoids um, and fissures. Treating pelvic floor drastically improves those things. Um, And the reason being is that you have a pelvic floor muscle that wraps around your rectum. If it becomes tight it's going to create a lot of pressure in your rectum and cause those issues. Um, so constipation is a huge one, especially if you have constipation with like low back pain or tailbone pain or pain with intercourse. Um, right. So that's a big one. Sex should never be painful. Um, it should be comfortable no matter what position you're in. Um, mm-hmm. And you should always be able to orgasm if you want to. So, having a baby or being pregnant should not affect your ability to orgasm um, and mm-hmm. or your intensity of orgasm. So a lot of women right. think, well, now I've had my baby, so um, things are just like different down there. That is not the case. You should still enjoy sex just as you did not being pregnant before pregnancy, etc. cetera. Um, right. So that's a huge one. I think if postpartum specifically, any low back pain, tailbone pain, pelvic pain, anything like that, that kind of lasts after pregnancy is not normal. Um, And I hear a lot of like obese tell these women a lot actually that like, well, just hang on tight, you know, in another couple of months, it'll go away. Um, Do not wait for those symptoms to go away because more than likely it's just going to keep playing into that dysfunction. Um, So that's a, yeah, that's a really big one. Um, And I think, That diastasis recti, um, a lot of women have heard about, um, Mm -hmm. that is not something that goes away on its own. Um, It is highly correlated to pelvic floor dysfunction, and pelvic floor dysfunction is highly correlated to that. So they really go very hand in hand. So if you're feeling like um, the best way I can describe it, a lot of women describe it to me, is that they still feel like their belly looks pregnant and they're months postpartum. Um, They still have like that roundness to it. Um, That is a really good sign of of diastasis recti. And usually that's just because you're not getting that tension in your belly. Um, So that's a good way to point it or to kind of see it. If you get like any doming during exercise, you can tell that's diastasis recti. Um, So those are all things to look out for, all things that are totally treatable.
0: That is so cool. I mean, I, I'm I'm learning so much. Like, a that I definitely need to come in and get a session with you, but also just so many things that you guys cover that, and things that just could be better. For I feel like yeah. everyone listening to this is probably like, I have that or that. There's like one of the twenty things you've mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, which actually, I want to jump into the questions because we got yeah. a lot, and I tried to um, I tried to pick ones that were like very different. So okay. we can cover a lot, of, but you've honestly basically my takeaway is all the things listed here that people are like, Is this normal? You would be like, No, come to me. We can try to get it one a little bit. So Tara yeah. said, I'm going to for this for you, Tara. No, it is not normal. She said, Is it normal to laugh and pee at the same time? I'm already a year of postpartum.
1: Yeah. No, it is not normal. It, that is a sign of, well, first of all, that's called urinary incontinence. Um, and it's mm-hmm. a sign of poor pressure management in our body. So basically, Laughing creates this downward pressure in your pelvic floor. Um, and instead of the pelvic floor like supporting you during that time, it is kind of doing the opposite. Um, right. That incontinence, that specific, this is called stress incontinence. It is honestly the easiest thing to treat for me. I mean, we will make a difference in that, in someone who has that type of stress incontinence in one to two sessions. It is wow. a very, very, very easy thing to treat. And I think. That's another misconception, right? Is that it's just like going to be this huge endeavor to treat these things. And it's actually very direct and simple. Amazing. And it's not a matter of strength. That is a huge misconception is that everyone Mm -hmm. thinks like I have this leakage. Do not strengthen your pelvic floor. We're not weak just because we've had a baby. Usually we're just uncoordinated.
0: Good to know. Okay, great. Um. And Sky said, I got a small umbilical hernia postpartum. Is it possible to fix this with PT and core work or do you think surgery would be necessary?
1: Um, So umbilical hernias are really, really common during pregnancy. Again, this is a pressure management issue. Um, For a lot of women who get an umbilical hernia, they also tend to have symptoms of prolapse also. Um, Umbilical hernias are kind of like one step further in your diastasis recti. So where diastasis recti, you get this, like, stretching of that midline. Mm-hmm. Um, umbilical hernia, you actually get, like, a deficit in that midline. So there's, like, a teeny little hole. Um, right. So technically, it cannot be fixed without surgery. That being said, okay. surgery is not necessary. You can live forever without fixing it. Um, you just need to manage your core. So the first step is to... Okay heal that diastasis recti and retrain your body in that, in that pressure management. And you will never need surgery. The surgery itself has a really high re-injury rate because all they're doing is Mm. putting a piece of mesh in that umbilical hernia. um, And you're not actually, they're not changing the way your body is functioning. So most women who don't actually fix their diastasis recti first, re-herniate. So I would say, if the appearance of that hernia really bothers you, and you decide to have surgery ultimately, go to PT first, pelvic floor PT specifically. Go to PT first, fix the diastasis recti, fix your pelvic floor, and then have the surgery, and you will have a much better outcome. Really, really interesting. Okay, yeah, I'm sure she will really, really appreciate that.
0: Um, Becca said, and this ties into the same thing. She said. How long does it, t- and I, I would li- just like to apologize, I picked what I thought was going to be the quietest room farthest away from the children and everyone else in this house, and I picked a room that apparently this guy has been mowing this same patch for uh, about 20 minutes, so I don't know what's going on. I don't know why he's trying to torture me. Um. So Jane said, or sorry, Becca said, how long does it typically take to heal mild di- diastasis? Am I saying that right? Diastasis? Mm-hmm. Yeah, de- diastasis. Yep,
1: so... Uh DRA is something very, um, direct to treat. I think it depends on what else is going on in your body though. Usually we do not treat diastasis without also treating pelvic floor, um, because they go so hand in hand and it's really hard to fix one without fixing the other. Um, right. but it's, it's a matter of retraining your body to kind of use those deep core stabilizing muscles. Um, so it is really a matter of, when I'm treating it, it's what I'm doing on your abdomen and getting that body work done. So you can actually activate those deep core muscles. And then it's a matter of you going home and doing your homework. Um, strength typically in like, a, you know, a 30 to 40 year old takes about eight weeks to develop. Um, so I would say from like start to finish, eight weeks um, would be a good time okay. frame which is not a long time. And that is not like you coming to therapy every single week. That is you consistently doing the work for eight weeks.
0: Right. Totally. You got to do the work on your own. Yep. Um, and okay. So Jen said, how long should I expect it will hurt to sneeze, cough and hiccup after a C-section? I'm one week postpartum and it is bad.
1: Um, so one week postpartum, it uh, yeah, it's going. To hurt I was yourself. like, can you uh, tell
0: us about being? It was part of <laughs> I mean, you have a like, good idea.
1: Your body's still like very birthday. much healing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your body is still very much healing. Um, I would say with a C-section, give it four to six weeks to have that discomfort go away. That being said, I wish that every single woman who had a C-section came to pelvic floor therapy. There's a very high correlation of pelvic floor dysfunction and C-section. And I think a lot of women are like, well, he didn't come out of that hole. He came out of my belly, so I don't need to run yeah. my pelvic floor, right? But they actually cut through seven layers of your abdomen, um, which is crazy, right? And including your uterus, you know? So there's so much scar tissue that develops and adheres throughout those layers that it ends up creating a lot of dysfunction. So as soon as you hit six weeks, Jen go to pelvic floor therapy, Um, they will start working on that incision, working on that scar tissue, assess your pelvic floor and really like help you get those core muscles back to being engaged. Um, The best thing, Jen, that you can be doing right now is just try to kind of massage all around the incision. Don't touch the incision, stay at like an inch above, an inch below, but that will help start desensitizing it and will help with the pain. Amazing.
0: That's great, great advice. Um, okay, we got two more that are good different ones. Um, Kelly said, I have to push, in parentheses, when I pee a lot since having kids. Is that normal?
1: Definitely not normal. Um, you should never push when you pee. Um, this can be kind of a matter of like retraining what you're doing. Um, it can also be a symptom of a like very overactive or tight pelvic floor. So Kelly, why don't mm-hmm. you try... When you're peeing, actually like taking a nice big inhale and then exhaling (sighs) as you try to release the pee um, and see if that helps relax your pelvic floor at all. Um, If you feel like you truly cannot just like sit there and let the pee come out, I would absolutely seek pelvic floor therapy because that is not a normal symptom. Um, It's usually a sign of your pelvic floor being a little too tight. Got it. That's great.
0: And I actually, it was funny when you you were talking about like retraining, I was uh, with a friend recently who has, I think her son's two months old. And she was saying that I think it was a pelvic floor therapist. Yeah. It might have just been a pediatrician or I don't know who. Someone that she saw was telling her like, are you still getting up to pee in the middle of the night when you, you know, when you feed the baby, try not to. And she was like, I don't know how to like not pee if I have to pee. But is that something that you recommend or trying to like, because I always thought that if you hold it, we were talking for like, I thought if you hold it, you get a UTI. Like, is that... A
1: real thing? No, not necessarily. I mean, holding your pee for a really long time um, is not a great thing. So, like nurses, we see a lot of nurses because they hold their pee for like an entire shift because they're so busy, and that actually creates a lot of pelvic floor dysfunction. But I'm sure. the middle of the night peeing, um, we call that like just in case pee, um, and we really, ideally, we don't want to just in case pee. I know it's hard. A lot of women are like, okay, I'm just going to go one more time before bed because I'm going to have to go anyways. Um, right. But what we're doing is we're telling our brain to empty our bladder before it's actually full. Um, so if you truly have the urgency to go pee and you wake up in the middle of the night and you need to go, go. I mean, you have to go. But if you're just going because you're up feeding the baby and you might as well, so you sleep a little better, You know, try to avoid doing that.
0: Yeah, I totally know the the distinction between what you're saying. That makes yes. total sense.
1: Yeah, um, and yeah. I, I I definitely do that.
0: I definitely like try to go before bed. I'm sure so many people do. Um yeah. And I still have to get up and pee at night, so it's not helping. Yeah. Well, so
1: really, well, like in a in a non pregnant person, you should be peeing zero times at night. Oh, Katie, am I going to need a hundred
0: sessions with you? I mean, my god.
1: <laughs> if you are really <laughs> hydrated, you maybe go once, but you should right. be able to get through the night without peeing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Good to know. Listen up, everyone. We're all in trouble. Um, Okay. Our last question here Meredith said, My lower back is a mess after having kids 18 months apart. I can't even lie on the floor without pain. Would pelvic therapy help me?
1: Yeah. Um, So, if we're talking about postpartum specifically, there's actually like around the 90% correlation between low back pain and pelvic floor dysfunction very very high correlation so i would say absolutely check in with a pelvic floor therapist um ideally meredith that pelvic floor therapist is also orthopedically trained that way they're addressing anything that might actually be going on in your back as well as pelvic floor and kind of doing a nice combination but i would venture to guess if you've had these two kids 18 months apart um, and you've had this chronic low back pain i would absolutely go to pelvic floor um, that would be a really good place to to check out if you have not already. Um, there's probably a lot of clues down there that need to kind of be addressed.
0: Yeah, totally. Having kids 18 months apart, I mean, that's tough. That's yeah, that's hard on your body. Um, yes. Okay. This has been so helpful, Katie. I really, really appreciate your time. And I know I've learned a lot and I imagine everyone good. else will learn it as well. We need to get Great. the word out there about pelvic floor therapy. People yes. need to understand. Um so, and if you guys are listening, and I will put all of this in the show notes and in the email and everything, but if you are local um, to us in LA, so Katie's practice is based in Redondo Beach, so anywhere in the beach cities and the West Side. Um, so, Katie has very generously offered um, free 20 minute video and phone consultations for you guys. She also has virtual sessions available. So, if you're listening to this and you don't live in the beach cities, West Side area of LA, um, you can still reach out to Katie, follow her on Instagram at beachmama uh, underscore wellness, which again, I'll put all this in the show notes. And if you are local to um, Los Angeles, Katie is also offering $20 off an initial evaluation when you mentioned the snooze button, if you want to go, because you work both in your clinic as well as in home. Is that right? Yes. So we
1: offer in home and in office. I only treat in office, but my other therapist, Rachel goes to in home, which some women love postpartum and makes a world of a difference because- how else are you going to like leave the house with your newborn and toddler and whatever. So it's easy to come during nap time. And our goal at Beach Mama is absolutely to make this as like tangible as possible. So we want everyone to get help with their pelvic floor. So
0: yeah, it's amazing. It's kind of like I, my like dream after having this conversation is that people see pelvic floor therapy the way they see a lactation consultant. Like not everyone needs one, but a lot of people do. And I was someone that, you know, two days after I brought home, my first was like, I need somebody to to help. Yeah. And that just that two hours with that woman, like completely changed my feeding journey. And I was like, great with breastfeeding before that I was like about to quit, you know? So it's, this stuff is just so important.
1: Yeah. Um, It really changes your
0: outcome. Totally. Well, so appreciate your time, um, everyone. Follow Katie Beach Mama underscore Wellness on Instagram. Um, I'll keep all her info in the show notes, and we so appreciate your time.
1: Thank you for having me. This was fun.
0: Yay! Bye, guys. Mm-hmm. Loving the snooze button. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode, and please leave a review. I will read it and internalize it. So make sure it's very glowing. If you're interested in working with me or learning more about my courses, head to BrittanySheehan.com or follow me
1: on Instagram at BrittanySheehanSleep. sleep.